funny talking about the top five players overall heading into 2021 because most people have a, a very stern opinion as to why you should have Henry two or how on earth could you have Kamara in your top three because Breeze is going to retire or how in the heck can you not have Kamara in your top three regardless of whether Breeze retire? Like everyone's got such a hard line stance <laughs> and it's, it's funny because you literally should respect, not because you're being polite, but because the logic is there that you should respect anybody's top four or five because anything can happen. And these talent levels with these guys are so good, so off the charts. How, how can you argue with anybody if they said they wanted Zeke Elliott at number two or three? You know, you may not have him there. You may have questions. You may have doubts. You may think Zeke Elliott won't be a top five running back. But it's, I find it hilarious when people get so passionately against your, you know, ranking when you're talking about arguable things, players that are super close. And uh, so I thought I'd dig into the top five. You know, we'll talk about players that are ranked outside the top five. So it would be more like a top 10 probably conversation. But but filtering all the noise, uh, narrowing down the top five, what's okay, what's not okay, um, you know, who who's right, who's wrong. Uh, when it comes to talking about these guys and and why you you should be more open-minded when you you see people's rankings. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. As mentioned, it's hilarious when, when people don't think that you can have a Barkley number three still, or that he if he's in your top five, you're you're not watching football. Or it's crazy when people say you can't have Alvin Kamara number two or three because you're afraid of Drew Brees uh, not returning to the Saints and, and what that does for Alvin Kamara's um, production, even though he, even with the limited receptions that he's gotten as of late, Increased on his 81 reception total that he's had for three straight years uh, heading into this season. So it, it's I think it's hilarious when people act like they know what for sure is going to happen or that somebody's ranking is off base because it's not matching their ranking. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous thinking and everybody should just relax and, and appreciate everybody's perspective, especially this early on in the offseason when the actual previous season and the playoff part of it is still going on. Like, there's a lot that has to happen. And that doesn't mean that I don't like making predictions and doing rankings this early. I find that even funnier when someone says, why on earth would you do rankings this early? So much can happen. Why not do it? And not to mention that just because your league doesn't have drafting going on right now or uh, trading that is opened up right now, right after week 17. Some leagues do that. 
that you can talk about values. Why would I not talk about a, uh, with a value of Alva Camara and what you could maybe get him for or what you could maybe trade him away for? Right now, making all the assumptions about Drew Brees when there are fantasy football owners out there listening to my content, absorbing my content, watching my content, they can make a trade because trades have just opened up. Why would I not try and guide them into getting Alvin Kamara on a freak out on the cheap while people are, are scared to death that, that Drew Brees' departure is going to mean that Alvin Kamara is going to just fall off into the abyss and not be the elite top one to five running back that he is. The bottom line for me is this. You could look at Alvin Kamara a hundred different ways. Alvin Kamara, if Drew Breesless heading into 2021, Alvin Kamara proved in his last outing with 100 and what was it, 150 plus yards and three TDs that he can run the ball between the tackles if they lean on him. And he only got three receptions in that monster game. So even with Drew Brees back, he only got three receptions in that game. There's a shift going on and, you know, the Saints can game plan and game script one way, one week and one way another. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that, that Alvin Kamara won't be throwing passes in 2021, but if they don't throw him as much receptions, if they don't throw the same amount of reception totals his way, and, and mind you, 81, 81, 81 were his first three years in the NFL, then he just dropped an 80, uh, I think it was 83 or 84 reception season this year, uh, he's increasing <laughs> on his down year, supposed down year where he was neglected in the passing game. The dude's still an 80 reception receiver. But even if he doesn't pull an 80, let's say he pulls in 65 receptions, whatever. We've seen that the Saints are capable of leaning on him on the ground. And for anybody judging Alvin Kamara and his short stint of games where he did kind of vanish under the command of Taysom Hill, anybody judging him based on that and saying that Taysom Hill, a Taysom Hill-led Saints team, is going to put Alvin Kamara in a vulnerable position to not score points just like Alvin Kamara, you know, vanish when Taysom Hill first was anointed the starter. They're not looking at this properly, in my opinion, because Alvin Kamara, or, or, uh, Taysom Hill was not prepared to be the backup quarterback. He was not even the backup quarterback. When Drew Brees went down, it was Winston that went in the game. And you got to ask yourself, okay, well, why do teams do that? Because they want to utilize Taysom Hill's other skill sets as a running back, as a tight end, as a wide receiver, further amplifying the the legitimacy of, of Taysom Hill having tight end eligibility in the ESPN leagues and everybody getting their panties in a bunch when that tag didn't go away right away and when that when when you could leave Taysom Hill in your ESPN lineup if you didn't touch your lineup you could still remain to get him as as a tight end it was like a Taysom Hill hack everybody with their panties in a bunch Taysom Hill just is proving right now right now that he is a multiple position worthy player and the most wor- uh, multiple position worthy player in the NFL so it's dumb that it got even taken away i'll even go so far as to say Taysom Hill should have had running back and wide receiver eligibility with his tight end eligibility and none of it should have been removed ever that's my stance you can you can get all upset about it if you want but that's an unbiased approach regardless of whether i owned him i went up against him i had him in one of my teams um, i had both angles uh, of that going on. So it's not like I'm biased toward it. It happened to me. I faced him and, and I should have because I didn't pick him up in that one league. Um, I picked him up in another league and I used him as long as I could. And it was it was within the confounds and, and within the boundaries of, of the league rules. So 
back on point, Taysom Hill is this multi-purpose player that is used all over the field. So when Drew Brees went down, they want Taysom Hill in the lineup, but he's not prepared. He's been playing a different multiple uh, positions and and not learning the system the way that a backup would be learning the system, getting the the second team reps in practice. Taysom Hill's being used on the field as a, as a as a rotational starter. So when Taysom Hill or when Drew Brees went down, they put Winston in that game. That next game, they put Taysom Hill in. Taysom Hill didn't have much preparation on the year, let alone going into that one single first start. And so for everybody to judge that he didn't throw to Kamara enough isn't factoring in that Taysom Hill wasn't prepared with the playbook, knowing everything. They had to not dumb down the system, but work around what Taysom Hill could absorb and how quickly he could absorb it and implement and deploy a makeshift offense around simplicity that did cater to Taysom Hill's ability to run the football. Now, will Taysom Hill vulture touchdowns from Kamara in 2021 if he is the full-time starter? Sure, he could. Winston could also be the starter. They could have another quarterback in there. We don't even know. Drew Brees could change his mind. There's a lot of things that can happen, and that's why people do get upset and say, why are you ranking these guys uh, when you don't know where they're going to land? Well, because, again, to my point, other people need to know this information just because you don't. The world doesn't just revolve around you and your league, Joe2571B on Instagram. So my caution to all of you doubting Kamara is that Taysom Hill should not be judged for his Alvin Kamara usage when he didn't even have a grasp of an offense, uh, a grasp he will have heading into 2021 if he's given a whole offseason to grasp it and learn it. So it's going to be a different story, a different amount of usage, a different spreading out of the football with Taysom Hill knowing his offense. There's a big difference between that and what we saw Taysom Hill still do well and successfully during his 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 quick impromptu starts in 2020. So Kamara, back on the major topic here of where we put Kamara in the rankings, where we put Derrick Henry, I'm going to say that McCaffrey is still my 1.1. I'm going to say that Derrick Henry needs to be talked about as the, the running back too. Although, on a similar rant, let me tell you why I'm concerned about Derrick Henry. Not that I'm knocking him out of my top two to three yet, Yet being the key word here, because I have a, a suspicion that as I dig into the stats on this and start deep diving into his usage, that I will become more cautionary regarding Henry heading into 2021 than I am right now. I can kind of feel that that's where I'm headed. And there is a certain curse. Uh, the numbers kind of fluctuated over the years used to be 272 or 271. Now it's in the 370 range, uh, some would say. And it's called like the 370 or the 270 curse. When you get a certain number of carries, and I will deep dive and find out the exact number in today's, you know, historically what it's the what story has been told of running backs getting this amount of carries, that amount of carries, that amount of carries. If let's say, let's, let's hypothetically say that it's 372 carries. If you get that certain amount of carries, you're done. Historically, look at Demarco Murray. He got like th- uh, what was it? I, I have to look at, off the top of my head. I don't know the exact carry total, but it was around the 300 and something range. And Demarco Murray, let me see if I can pull it up while I'm doing this here. Demarco Murray, that very next season, after his huge overworked 
run him into the ground. Uh, we don't care about his future. We're not going to retain him uh, season. DeMarco Murray completely fell off the face of the earth um, that very next year. And, and it's not that crazy to think they could happen to somebody like Derrick Henry, who has not only had a lot of, of uh, let's see, DeMarco Murray, DeMarco Murray. Let me pull up his, his uh, game log, DeMarco Murray. Running back, here we go. Still, some of you don't remember DeMarco Murray, the year he, he's 32 years old now. Um, he had 392 carries. Derrick Henry, I believe, is in the 380 range heading into the playoffs. Derrick Henry will be well past 400 carries. He'll probably be in the four, depending on how many games they win. They'll be, he'll be in the 420 to 450 range, most likely, coming out of the playoffs. DeMarco Murray, 392, done. It's not the same back. Your body breaks down. It's too much work. Not only that, Derrick Henry had a 300, I believe, three carry season the, the year prior, and now is the 380 heading into three, 420 carries. That amount of carries, 303, add in 400 plus in a row, is, is a recipe for injury like I've never seen in my life in terms of fantasy football analysis. There's just no more concerning stat line to look at in back-to-back years heading into the third year than that. That's alarming, alarming, especially for a 245, 250-pound guy hitting the ground over and over, doesn't get much work in the passing game. So much of his work is between the tackles, 300-pound lineman piling on top of him, and not to mention the risk that he has naturally for being as as big as he is. People don't want to tackle him the old-fashioned way people go at his legs, which introduces more risk and, and, and worry for injury. So while I'm not saying that I'm there yet uh, on this podcast alone, I'm starting to talk myself out of top two, top three overall value for Henry. But there is some major reason to say, hey, you know what? I don't care about historical data. That data is made to be broken and stepped on and, and, and new records and new new historical trends are meant to, to emerge from this kind of stuff. If you want to take that route, and I understand that, and I might do that as well, I urge you to do it in one league, not multiple leagues. Don't take Derrick Henry in multiple leagues. Take him maybe in one, but you're going to set yourself up for what happened with Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, looking back at, at 2020, August, September, if I would have told you don't take Saquon Barkley, which you can't predict the injury. I'm not necessarily going there with this example but you would have called me crazy said, Saquon Barkley Christian McCaffrey Mike Thomas are you kidding me don't take those players it could happen man Derrick Henry seems invincible right now he seems invincible right now but the the data is telling us that he's a, a huge not a, a decent or a big injury risk a monstrous injury risk heading into 2021 he just is historically speaking it doesn't. You can't talk about your or judge with your heart on this, or analyze with your your heart. You got to analyze with your brain, and let let your heart sway you a little bit. But Derrick Henry is walking into twenty twenty one with some huge injury red flags. Um, but right now, for the sake of this mock draft, uh, I'm going to put. You can't say Cook doesn't have the same injury risk. Just in general, uh, I'm going to put. I'm going to put Camaro too. 
I think I need to go back into my sleeperu.com, sleeper, the letter U, like a university, sleeperu.com rankings, and I think I need to move Kamara to two because the injury risk for Cook, the injury risk for Henry is just so real. I'm going Cook two. Or I'm sorry, uh, Kamara two. I'll probably go for now, Derek Henry and Cook as like a tie for three. And then my number five, Devontae Adams. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. 